1: And welcome to the SmackDown preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Cultures. Look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we're not going to review SmackDown, but also. Money Night NXT 2.0, AEW <laughs> Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidrich to look ahead to Friday Night's Smackdown. Is this the premiere? The uh. season premiere? I never know. It never ends. I can't remember if this was this week or last week. There was a draft last week, so it must be this week. Well, the draft
2: doesn't come into effect
1: oh, until yeah. after Crown Jewels, so... Who knows and or cares? But regardless, Sage, how are you feeling about the best wrestling show of the week?
0: No, dear, that's wrong.
1: <laughs> look, we got we got some good stuff to look forward to tonight. There's a, the contract signing. They're always entertaining. They're are tr- they? Well, they're eventful. i seen say. one. You've seen them all. Yeah, uh, and we've got the beginnings of. I was going to say King and Queen of the Ring, but they're not calling it that. They're calling it King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown Tournament because nothing can be simple within WWE.
2: No, it can't. Look, there's an absolute banger match, potentially. It's WWE. They might just give them eight minutes and a rubbish finish, and they might just say, ah, it's only telly. Uh, Remember when Shayna Baszler had a chat with someone, I can't remember who, and she was talking about her transition to the main roster, and uh, she had a match with Natalia where she tried to do some of the stuff with which she got over in NXT, which itself functions to or functioned to like act as a bridge between that and the main roster. So she thought, great. I went to NXT. I refined my act. I got great at it. Loads of critical praise. Hot reactions at the heat of the drama of my finishes.
1: Through the conduit of the WWE style.
2: Exactly. She then goes to the main roster. She then does what she was expressly told and trained to do in NXT. And Vince McMahon just goes, the hell was that? Do some drop-down lead frogs with Natalia. And Shayna Baszler was like, right, okay. So they went back out, retaped the match, and it was the most bang average, garden variety, boilerplate, WWE-style match you've ever seen. And Vince was like, great. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. And she was like, really? Because that's a bit boring, and it's not really what I've been, you know, accustomed to doing or whatever. It's just like, it's only Raw. Like, I'm paraphrasing, but that is effectively what Vince McMahon said. It's only Raw. We don't go that crazy on Raw. It's just TV. So when everyone else is possibly thinking, Jesus Christ, it's Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn, what an absolute electric match that is on paper. Unfortunately, that paper is the TV format sheet, which they don't really care about in terms of hot action.
1: We'll be chatting with, with Phil and, and Andy a little bit later on today on Russell Culture about King and Queen of the Ring. Who's your pick for, for both before we dive into this? Has any blokes announced, been announced for the King of the Ring? Aside, from, them aside from Ray and Sammy, no. Well, cool. How am I meant to answer the question then? Well, do you want Xavier Woods to win it, basically?
2: Yes, but I also think he's too talented to focus on what I would describe as a naive, nostalgic goal. Xavier Woods, like many of us, grew up watching pro wrestling in the 90s when the King of the Ring was taken very seriously and it was a vehicle with which to become a star. It's nice that he hasn't had this love of the concept beaten out of him. And honestly, I would reward amazing people who are really talented and have done great stuff for years. On that level, yes, Xavier Woods, I would love him to win the King of the Ring. I would like him to realize, hang on, I'm great, I'm super talented. I could be a world champion someday. That's what you should be looking at. So I get annoyed when he talks about the King of the Ring. It's like, Don't be a mark. Be a champ.
1: But the one, last King of the Ring was good. I really enjoyed that. For, it was for, all right. The thing that they've ruined. It, it was a better tournament.
2: And they've treated it more consistently in terms of the King character and how it's shifted about and how it's um, acted as a... Inciting incident for Baron Corbin's character in the aftermath. It genuinely feels like it's a thing and not just some oh Christ, we need something to sell the next couple of weeks of telly before an important pay-per-view comes along, like with Seamus and Barrett. So it's no idea where it was, but it is something that they've actually like kept in the sphere of its storytelling.
1: And there is real potential here, not necessarily that W are gonna follow through with it, but like like you say you and I bloody love a good tournament. And you think about the talent that they're just literally doing nothing with right now that could be hoied into it. So rather than having generic mid-card, you know, your Jackson Rikers just involved in it. You'll get Jeff Hardy and Sheamus in the next bracket on Raw. You, you, you could You could potentially have, like, all the really young, talented, underutilized stars. You could have ricochet in there. Like you say, you've got Sammy, you've got Ray. You could have a match between Ray and Dominic in the second round, let's just say. Like, the permutations and all that. You could have Austin Theory going on a bit of a tear as he's just, you know, arrived on the main roster. My concern is, yeah, that it's just going to be people that were literally seen chasing the 24-7 championship you're now going to have to try and buy as, like, this dominant force in the tournament. Well, that's a bad idea and an unconvincing
2: sell, as is... Just doing the same matches that we see on Raw every single week, and then doing them in the bracket to the tournament. Basically, whatever they do, I'm going to complain.
1: And they haven't. Have even announced if any what people win for winning King of the Ring? Because it used to be, you know, a title shot. I mean, just a crown, crown and cape and scepter. Crown, cape, scepter—bad gimmick, basically. Unless you are King Corbin, and can kind of pull it off.
2: Aye. But at the very least, you can watch one of these performers and think. Well, because you're in a tournament, it means you can't wrestle the same guy next week, and that's if that's where we're at. Then I will um, damn it with that faint praise.
1: Let's talk Ray versus Sammy. Then who do you see emerging victorious? And do you see Dominic Mysterio? I mean, they're both going heading over to Monday Night Raw, of course. Ray and and Dom and Sammy's no no doubt furious on being the last pick of the WWE draft. Do You see that all factoring into it? I see. Look,
2: we were talking about this for once, talking about WWE over the desks before we recorded. And you came up with a great idea. Rey Mysterio wins against Sami Zayn. Dominic Mysterio wins his first round match against Insert X Heel. Sigler. Why? Oh, why do I have to watch that again? Because <laughs> um, they've done loads of stuff with the Dirty Dogs, haven't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm just mean I'm like, putting my WWE head on here. you they've got
2: nine people on the roster. Even though they've got like 200, but it's effectively nine. Right? You can beat Dolph Ziggler a match you won't care about. That arrives at the intriguing. Dominic versus Rey Mysterio match, because there's actual potential to tell a story within the parameters of a pro wrestling match, not just some ridiculous 10-minute promo battle, which I'm all for, always, because professional wrestling is itself a storyline driver. Dominic and Rey can have a really intriguing, respectful exhibition, lots of mat work, Rey Mysterio is considerably better than his kid. So in the context of this second round match that they have, he could completely comprehensively out-wrestle Dominic Mysterio. The more he does this, the more near falls that Dominic Mysterio just barely kicks out of. He starts to realize, well, I've been thoroughly outclassed, as is the obvious thing. He could maybe start pulling some tights mm. or very slowly realizing... Well, I want to win this but I'm not very I'm not as good at him on an even playing field so let's just cheat to win and Ray can be like you little bastard <laughs> are you Dean and uh like just have a little match like that that Dominic can ultimately win and then be a knob about and Ray Mysterio will be like mm-hmm. Well, I kind of want another match with you because that wasn't fair. Then they can do the turn or Ray can win. and Then they can do your beloved electric chair.
1: Ray wins and Dom says, you know what? Fair play, Dad. Shakes his hand, Hey, You, you know, win the whole thing in my eyes. You know what? Let's celebrate this second round win for you. Up on the shoulders Dad. you go, Daddy. <laughs> electric chair, you old prick.
2: I love your ability to be able to say the same things with the same enthusiasm.
1: Week I, week. Really I can't like, believe it's all been leading to this. But you think Ray wins this did, specific week? Absolutely. We always keep saying this. We've always said October eighth. Me and Hamlet from day one have said that's the date it's going to happen. Ring it in your diaries. Um, you think Ray beats Sammy here? More conspiracy nonsense. For, I just. I mean, yeah, it it's, uh, it fits into Sammy's
2: bit, which just makes him look like unworthy in my eyes, and it advances potential to do stuff with Ray and Dominic, so I think it's an easy one. Whether it'll be a, a, any other promotion, this would rule. Mm. That is the big indictment. Like, any other promotion, you would watch this and think, oh, God, that's going to be class. With it being WWE, like, sometimes they do some proper bangers on Raw. And that's, and I genuinely cynically think, oh, it's got three hours, so let's give them, just give them 20 minutes, let them do what they bloody want, because it's hard to fill a three-hour show. SmackDown isn't really banger city because they don't need that, they don't have that third hour. So... My worry is that it's just nine minutes of regulation. Oh, that could have been better than any of the promotion stuff. Not like, you know, the absolute worst of the worst promotions, but generally most promotions are better.
1: I think maybe Sammy wins this one purely because he'd be a great finalist, like a final herder for Xavier Woods, for example. I'd be a good king. I'd be a fantastic king. You, you You know he can get any gimmick over and him insisting that he deserves more and now having a king gimmick and still not getting title opportunities or whatever it may be, it would be fantastic. And you can also still sort of do the Mysterio storyline with Dom going further than his dad and going, well, I would take your advice, but you kind of went out in the first round, dad. So,
2: As you've just said there, Like, there are loads of pathways to do something really quite interesting.
1: Cool, so can't wait for Dom not to be in the tournament. (laughs) Uh, Let's move over to not Queen of the Ring, but the Queen's Crown Tournament. It's the first ever. Of course it is, because no one's thought that collection of words before. uh, And we're getting a match we've never seen before. Liv Morgan versus Carmella.
2: You know, if they called it Queen of the Ring, on, like, a literal level, it would feel like there's parity between the men and the women. And that's a really
1: good thing and it's one of the few things that they have over AEW but they're heading to Saudi Arabia so they can't call it that and they can't even suggest that there could be parity between the two sexes maybe that's why mm-hmm.
2: Jesus Christ maybe that's why you know what I'll get told off by not saying anything about the Newcastle takeover which I'm not even that asked about <laughs> people putting words in my mouth
1: happy about Ashley being gone very quickly not necessarily happy about who's replacing him
2: I had a can yesterday right can singular, cans plural suggests off on the high, getting pissed, pure celebrations. I had a can single because Mike Ashley at the helm of that football club, and I'm not saying he's being, I'm not saying that he isn't being replaced by someone somehow worse because
1: he is the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. If people were wondering,
2: I used to watch Newcastle United matches with my family, with my mates. It bonded me and a lot of my circle together. And over the years, investment became utterly futile, pointless. Mike Ashley was a horrendous man who fired a player when he had cancer, who's repeatedly on record lied and got shown up in court about that. He treated our club like a joke, an investment vehicle for himself, robbed all of its ambition from it. I have problems I'll never be able to reconcile about the incoming owners. Mm -hmm. I will never in my lifetime, I suspect at this point, feel the same way I did about my beloved Newcastle United with Sir Bobby Robson at the helm. Even the Kevin Keegan days, there's like, you know, rumors circulate about Keegan that I find a little bit uncomfortable. Bobby Robson, that is my era. Mm -hmm. I mean, I grew up on Keegan, but Bobby Robson, that was like my favorite time. I will never feel that way again, but I will absolutely have a can to celebrate the exit of Mike Ashley, who took something away from a lot of people that I really love.
1: And he owns House of Fraser now. I went to buy a suit from there the other week, and he tried to charge me for a suit bag. So, I mean, that's what you really need to know about how bad a person he is. Five quid for a suit bag? I'm buying a bloody suit, Mike. What's going on? Mate, he runs a sweatshop. Yeah, that too. But, you know, five quid for a suit bag? Five quid for a suit bag for a suit you're already buying from him? Come on, Mike. Come on. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Queen of the Ring. No, not Queen of the Ring. Queen's Crown Tournament. Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Liv Morgan is a lot of people's pick to win the whole thing, and Carmella now wears a mask that protects her face and is made of material. Liv Morgan wins, doesn't she? Can we move on? Like, how does it protect protect the face? Uh,
2: uh, how does clear. it protect
1: a face? It's made of material. I watched her adjust it, and the well, material. What's it made of? But you know what I mean? Like, Seamus's one at least is like hard, some sort of plastic or whatever it may be. Hers genuinely was made of like cotton because when she went to move it, it bent.
2: So at least with Sheamus, it would hurt to hit so you wouldn't have a baby face doing that.
1: Even though it happened every other match to make them
2: look (laughs) like complete dicks. Um, Liv Morgan, Carmella. Carmella should win. Uh, No, Liv Morgan should win. Yeah, I've been saying, if you go back to 2020, very good and very consistent. Liv Morgan had like a round of matches with Asuka where I thought... You're good and you've got something. You should wrestle more. And then she got banished off the face of the planet. She shows me something in these matches with Carmella. She actually grasps that. Like My least favorite thing in pro wrestling, and I've said this before, certainly I'll say it again, is when they are doing a spot and they are going to perform a move that they know they aren't going to hit. So you'll get the most casual... I'll do the motion of hitting a clothesline, but because I know I'm not going to hit it... I don't have to um, perform it as if I'm going to. Yes, you do, dickhead. You have to make everything look like it's going to hurt, whether you are actually going to hit it or not. The amount of times you see, okay, you're going to duck this one, so I'm not going to put anything under it. Put something on it and make the duck look like you're ducking something. Liv Morgan, and I'm not saying she's a five-star worker or anything like that, she puts intent behind everything she does. I really think her work is strong. And I'd like to see her get more opportunities, even if the creative is invariably terrible. And, like, as a baby face, they script it to be such an, like, yeah. entitled, like, quite irritating personality. Why haven't I got a title shot? Yeah. Like, I really like her work. I don't like her promos, but I'd like to see her advance on that basis. Picture in the whole thing? Why not her? I don't know anybody else who's in it.
1: <laughs> Who else,
2: apart from Liv Morgan and Carmella?
1: I mean, I assume Charlotte Flair. Legitimately, if, if... Shayna Baszler is my pick. If you
2: stacked up literally every person on that women's roster at the minute, um, in terms of who I think deserves the opportunity, who's connecting with fans, um, I would say Liv Morgan. And I'm not just saying that because you've put us on the spot.
1: And I'd have Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. And I'd have Shayna Baszler win the whole thing because she's the queen of the card stuff.
2: I would have Liv Morgan win and I'd go back and revisit that Asuka feud in front of fans because I genuinely think, like, Asuka at this point, I love her. I've given up hope on them ever doing anything meaningful with it on a consistent level. Um, I would ask uh, Turnheel and food with Liv Morgan after this. Genuinely, I think that's the play. Don't want to do it like, but that's what I think it should be. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.
0: That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Let's talk about this contract signing then. Uh, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch uh, all going for the SmackDown Women's Championship, which if it stays with Becky, would move to Raw, while Charlotte's Raw Women's Championship moves to SmackDown. I'll probably have to do that dumb belt swap bollocks. But... Never dull when we have a contract signing in WWE. I mean, it is dull because there's some rubbish
2: volleyed promo exchanges um, that are heavily scripted, difficult to take seriously as words that would come out of a human's being mouth. And then you're watching the whole thing saying, well, when are you going to flip the table? When are you going to flip the table? Oh, you're talking about flipping over the table. That's different to flipping over the table. And then the table gets flipped and there's a brawl. Like, I think this program has actively sucked. Everything that has advanced it, literally every step of the way has been a non-finish. It's going through tropes and cheap finishes to arrive at a match because you don't really want to beat anyone on the way towards it or make anyone look weak. Obviously, everyone looks weak. I've got no time for this, and I think it will be really boring.
1: How would you change WWE's contract signs? Because we've seen a few of them in AEW, and they've been interesting. I think back to, like... Uh, who was it? Was it Jericho? Yeah, it was, must have been Jericho and Cody. Yes, and then it cuts the outside, and Hager was breaking Goldust's hand or wrist or whatever it was in the car. Like, what elements of that would you bring to to WWE, or would you just have a few that genuinely actually go to plan to maybe throw people off the scent a little bit? I would
2: put over the importance of the title, some kind of. I just I just wouldn't for the next twelve. Very specific number. For the next 12, I wouldn't have a brawl. I would would change everything, man. That's the problem when you give us a question like this. I would let skilled promo people tell the audience why their opponent's great and they're better, but in their own distinct way, and then a little bit of a tense face-off. If you've got a great angle in the locker, do that. That promo segment... Contract segment between Cody and Chris Jericho was awesome because they acted like model professionals. Chris Jericho was a dick. Cody was very, very serious. Chris Jericho wasn't taking it very seriously. And then he feigned to take it seriously. And then Sammy Guevara, who vlogs, is the guy to have the camera to cut away backstage in an absolutely beautiful, realistic, lovely, neat touch of a transition. And then the use of associates, friends, stable mates, whatever, created a secondary angle. Amidst it all. But that's because they book so much better. That's what I would do. I would just get Tony Khan cloned.
1: I'd um I'd do stuff similar to what you see in boxing and MMA, where they genuinely can't control the outcome. You have volleying back and forth stuff. You probably saw it yet just the other Cross day. Cross-talk, like yeah,
2: naturalistic.
1: Fury and Wilder, maybe, you know, let a f- bit of effing and jeffing go because people get riled up when they finally get face-to-face with someone. And then, kind of difficult with a triple threat, but still have the photo stare down the you know right just pose for the cameras everyone you have all the camera you know, the photographers
2: everything you're describing is sports The it's man, is sports entertainment i think that's the, the moment, next point the moment i want to discuss rampage now
1: the moment uh, dean ambrose came down and just started hoying was it dean ambrose or maybe kevin owens just started hoying chairs out just going oh, i'm just getting ready for where this is all going it was you know beyond parody at that point in my yes. opinion but it is what it is, and I'm, a, I'm still a bit of a sucker, if I'm perfectly honest, for a contract signing. Um, we are less than two weeks away from Crown Jewel, where this is going to be taking place, of course. At this time in two weeks, it'll all be over, which is, you know, less like the day after Christmas and more like the day after, well, something you really don't want to look forward to for another year, basically. Um, but you've also got Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar cut a kind of entertaining... Promo by himself, winking at the camera, saying he's a free agent, thanks to his mate Paul Heyman. Roman Reigns cut an epic response backstage, Mafia-esque. You're only the wise man when I say the wise man. Terrifying Paul Heyman, who's, at, you know, almost in tears. And then he's going to be left for dead if the Usos don't get drafted to SmackDown. Whew. Thank God that was dealt with nice and quickly on Monday Night Raw. What's, what's next for them? Uh, because this is the... Penultimate smack now before Crown Jewel. We've got one more next week, of course.
2: Um, I don't know. The key mystery thread is where do Paul Heyman's allegiances ultimately lie? More of that, I guess. They did some physicality last week, so I think it would make it redundant. You want to keep those explosions. um, Like, you want to temper them so that they feel thrilling in the moment. I wouldn't do one this week at all. I would do a Brawl on the go home because that's what you do. Um, I wouldn't have any physical interaction because despite the camera making me sick by flipping between every single strike, you do bypass the sickness in yourself to look at the chemistry and it rules. I want to look forward to that again. I don't want to be pummeled over the head with it. I don't know how you advance this. you've probably got a better idea because you're more invested in the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fully invested in this show and particularly this storyline, and I agree, you can't just have another brawl where he hoys around the Usos again. Um, I'd have a very confident Roman Reigns, he's got everything he wants now, swagging around, basically saying, look, if I Mert Brock Lesnar, he'll probably put his tail between his legs and head over to Raw because he's a free agent. Maybe you even go this far. I don't think it will happen, but... I really liked watching Montez Ford versus Roman Reigns the other week. I thought it was a great exhibition of like the potential that Montez is gonna have. Not yet, not yet. In a year or two's time. Keep the street properties together for as long as possible because they are a genuinely entertaining tag team that aren't just thrown together and can they coexist, all that bollocks. So maybe have some sort of match akin to that again. I don't know who it may be against. Some plucky baby face who's maybe just arrived on SmackDown, for example, Ricochet. Exactly. But oh, doesn't come into effect. Oh yeah. But perhaps, and this is a long shot because it requires someone to be chummy with Brock Lesnar, and I love him, but he's not exactly a guy who seems to just hang out and just shoot the breeze in catering. Likes our truth. He does like R-Truth. All I'm thinking of is the age-old storyline of, hey, I am not can't beat up that guy yet because it's the pay-per-view that I'm going to be fighting him. But that guy stood next to him is emotionally attached to him. So if I can hurt that guy, I can emotionally yeah. hurt that guy. So maybe it's R-Truth or maybe it's just a really convoluted, Brock Lesnar's trying to build some bridges with the locker room now because he's a changed man. And yeah, he's nice too. Let's just say R-Truth, for example. Yes. And Roman sees this. And decides because he doesn't often wrestle on SmackDown. Of course, he usually just stands in the ring for ten minutes and lets people acknowledge him. So yeah, I just have him wreck someone, have him beat, you know, easily be able to pin him after hitting him with the punch and the spear and what have you, and still go for the guillotine just to just to really torture Brock.
2: But this is not how this is how AEW books, mate.
1: I know. It was, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've jumped the gun. We're doing the Rampage preview do, in a few minutes, but
2: do you, Babyface? Roman Reigns at the end of all this, and Brock can actually align with Heyman once again. And the idea is that Roman Reigns versus The Rock, at the end of that, The Rock's endorsement of Roman makes him become the babyface that people finally can get. So you could do some kind of hint towards that, I guess, if that is the big, big plan.
1: Going mm. forward. It is fascinating to see what they do with this next, though, because it is...
2: I would, I would, one, I would at this point, I would one million
1: percent babyface Roman Reigns. Really? Yeah, would I? <sighs> I'm just really concerned about your pitch for Crown Jewel and way that the way that might go. Because any other pay per view this time of year, you're going, yep, Roman Reigns runs through them, even if it is Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns defeats them one way or another and moves on. But let's be honest, it's. Uh, I don't want to say bizarro world. I feel that's too nice a compliment to Saudi Arabia. But anything could happen over there, as we've seen. Yeah. Um, Right, let's conclude by talking about something that's, well, mainly on Raw now because both of the guys have been drafted there. But for now, it's on on SmackDown now because I need a fifth bullet point. Uh, And that is the home invasion storyline that we saw from last week. Seth Rollins broke into Edge's house, put his feet on his table, slagged off his kids' Drawings and ate an apple. Uh, how does Edge respond to this? Because he sent over FTR to try and deal with it rather than uh, calling the police. And Rollins just sort of joked about it on Raw. And Beth on NXT. Oh, said, "Oh well, I'll let Adam deal with that." How I mean, does he deal with it?
2: Uh, <laughs> like you're gonna see the most. Comically intense promo from
1: Edge of all time. Are we getting the vein in the forehead? We're getting yeah. the
2: forehead vein. We're getting the scowl. We're spitting get, when
1: he talks. We're getting
2: the spitting when he talks. You know what? He shouldn't talk. He should spare us from his parody character at this point and just hunt Rollins. Like the love a long episodic hook. Usually it involves oh we're gonna in the ass and then yeah oh, we're gonna. Not do that later. That's their Raw trick. In terms of an actual story, they could tell the conclusion of which you are encouraged to stick around for via beats of the story playing out across the night. Seth Rollins can arrive at SmackDown. Piss scared. He's giving a Billy Big bollocks on Raw because he knows um, Edge wasn't going to do that. Like saying he should party with Kevin Patrick. (laughs) Tonight he's scared. He knows what he's done eating a man's orange. You know what I mean? Like, fucking now? At least, I, a guy came to my house is really annoying. Like, how's that? Either way, they'll oversell that premise. He should be scared. Edge should hunt him down. You can even do some jokes remember when Edge was funny. Remember when we used, to, remember when Edge used to dance? <laughs> Where you can, like, see someone's, uh, the back of someone's head, long black hair, Okay. elbows forearms in the back of the head and it turns around and it's someone like Avena who's looks a bit like Seth Rollins from the back and it would be funny if they got beat up
1: uh, I can't think of anyone who's got long black hair on that roster
2: maybe just like a like a backstage assistant of Which some kind
1: reasons wearing a fur coat as well
2: yeah he was wearing a fur coat like beat him up and then they can have like there's nothing funnier in wrestling than someone who doesn't look like they belong there getting beaten up like I was raised on we used to call them skinny wimps I later knew that their actual slang was jobbers beat someone up and ah it's not Seth Rollins and Edge can do like a quip one who's funny Mm-hmm. And say sorry, I heard someone that was really boring. But there's two of you here or something like that. This is a basic <laughs> comedy to I know make it fun and entertaining. I know we've got a
1: no escapade, <laughs> a no holds barred match already booked. But that's only so that Cedric Alexander can be the one that gets jackhammered by Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. I think, yeah, I think that edge to something heinous to someone. Maybe you, if you're not going to do the storyline I just pitched with with Brock and Roman and some pal of Brock's. Maybe oh, I don't want it to be Chad Gable because I really like him, but I'm just gonna use him as a perfect example. Or a Dolph Ziggler, okay? Maybe Edge is just, you know, not in the mood for any of this. And he someone does a quip at Edge instead of like, hm, at least you remember to lock your doors next time or something. And Edge has the match with that person tonight, bloodies them up. It's okay. not gonna wrestle. But I'm Just fantasy booking it. Yes, okay. Put the fantasy in fantasy book. Yes, and bloodies them up. The match, maybe... Bloodies? Guess. What
2: are you talking about? Bloodies it's them
1: up. It's not AEW, me. <laughs> and, uh, well, all right, here's back to WWE. Gets DQ'd for to kicking too much ass. Yay! You got it. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and then they, they say, look, the way Edge is right now, we can't sanction, so, you know, a match, a normal match, so you make it a-
2: That's lights out! No,
1: dear, that's wrong. No, I'm not saying an unsanctioned match. I'm not match. saying
2: they invented it, but just doing a bit.
1: I'm saying, yeah, we're going to have a... Let me just check. We're going to have a Riyadh street fight in, <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Oh. <laughs> because, yeah, he needs to be pissed off for a man invading his house, but... I am more convinced your booking's probably correct and we're going to get a spotlight and a chair and a vein and some spitting.
2: And, like, pulling his hair out, promising vengeance, making sure it all looks great for the camera. He could just kick his ass.
1: Why don't he do some fun banter where he, like, he's got his kids to draw a picture of him kicking Seth Rollins' ass?
2: Something fun. We live in hope. I you used to dance.
1: Let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on
2: Twitter.
1: At <laughs> What Culture WWE. Well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Um, Sidgwick. And you can follow me at, at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Rampage preview coming later on today, as well as Wrestle Culture with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. Uh, and we'll be back on Monday to review both Rampage and SmackDown, of course, as well. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we.